Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we educate and inspire people to live fuller lives through mindful practices. Let's get started with your host, New York Times contributor, leadership advisor, sought-after keynote speaker, the author of the Amazon hot new release, Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. She's smart, strong, sassy, and a trendsetter in the field of mindful leadership. Your host, Holly Duckworth. Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of Everyday Mindfulness, where we have the opportunity to have amazing conversations with people who are practicing living mindfully out there in the world. And today we are interviewing another one of my great friends, Christy LaMagna, the CEO of a fantastic organization that is focused on the meetings and events industry. And what many of you may not know is the meetings industry is consistently at the top of the Forbes list of top most stressed out industries in the country. And yet, Christy brings her strategic insights and her expertise to meetings, events, and meeting professionals around the world to look at their life more strategically and a little more mindfully. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. And what more important a topic could we be talking about than mindfulness as it relates to meeting planning? Because you're right, it is consistently one of the most stressful jobs that Forbes lists, and we continue to focus on our our clients instead of ourselves, and planners are starting to break down and get sick, and until they practice what you preach, we are going to continue to struggle physically. It's an important topic, so thank you for having this podcast and letting me share with you. So, Christy, we open every show with a question to our guests. What does mindfulness mean to you? We know there's a lot of def- different definitions, and that's why sometimes this topic is a little woo-woo. And we look at all of the definitions. What does being mindful mean to you? To me, mindful is, it's um, actually someone has a quote that says, first things first, second things never. <laughs> so mindfulness is knowing what your goal is and having a very clear intention as to why you're doing something. And if whatever it is that you are about to do or focusing your energy on isn't getting you to your goal, which is going to bring you to the, your next higher self, be it professionally or personally, you shouldn't be doing it. So I do check-ins on a regular basis of, is this important to me? Is this going to help me achieve my goal? And that keeps me intentional in my actions and very focused on what I am doing and why I am doing it. Otherwise, you can just get put in a rabbit hole. Well, in a world of 24-7 social media, uber-connected, I I wanted to share with the audience a little bit about how we connected because there was some mindful divine alignment that brought us together. Um, do you want to share with them just a little bit? I mean, how, how did we become friends? Because I think there's something that mindful listeners can learn about how they can grow their own connections, just like we did. And it's, it's a perfect story of, of mindfulness in action. So you and I were both on a top 25 influencers list. I honestly don't remember the publication anymore. You may. Um, and 
you were mindful enough to reach out to all the other people on that list to say, I would love to meet you. Congratulations on the award. I would love to start a conversation. And if memory serves, I am the only person who actually responded to you. And here we are all these years later. And I think it does go back to if you're put on a list like that or someone does mention you, the people who are on that list with you are people who you could learn from. And I think you and I both agree that surrounding yourself with people who are smarter than you are is the key to success. Because if you're the smartest person in the room, you're not going to learn anything that day. So you've reached out and opened a door. I chose to take advantage of the opportunity. And I don't think you and I have stopped speaking since. I mean, we're always in touch. And it's because you were clear in your intention and I was clear in mine and the universe opened the door and I walked through it. Yeah, I think it's fun to think today about synchronicities and when so many people are crossing our paths, who do we kind of say the yes to and, and who do we say no to? And yeah, I think it was 25 women or something on that list. I think I talked to, to two or, th or three of them. And then you and I kind of made this commitment when we're going to talk every four weeks and we're going to grow each other in our business. And I, I wanted to highlight that today because there is so much conversation in the world about women rising and women rising together. And, you know, while we never had a stiletto in each other's back, I think we're a really great case study and example of how women and men too, and how we can all find the sense of unity and oneness. Sometimes it is in, in the stress and overwhelm, but we can also choose together to band together to create everyday mindful experiences that we can be safe learning areas for one another. And we've had really awesome celebrations, like me finishing my book, you finishing your book. And then we've also had some of those days along the way of why are we writing a book? <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh. And I think too, you were talking about women helping each other. There are some people who will appear on a list like that and consider it, these are the 24 people I need to be competing against. They've just done my homework for me. These are my 24 biggest threats. And you and I looked at it as these are people I need to surround myself with. So it is all about perspective. And you are absolutely correct. More importantly, I think even than booing each other up on our successes is propping each other up on days where we just are exhausted and need a little bit of extra energy. And having that, knowing that I can reach out and talk to someone and not even explain what I need. And you can just say, Hey, I'm here. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm here for you. It's just, it's, in, it's incredible. It has been a very valuable and, and I think mutually beneficial relationship energetically. Yes, absolutely. So we talk about meetings, um, you know, big initiative meetings mean business, the power of face to face. You mm -hmm. have your career on face-to-face -face meetings. And that often can be a, a big, heady industry all about data and numbers. And you have a, a very unique gift of leading and understanding the numbers, but also bringing in that intuition, that energy integrated into meetings. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about that. What's behind an event? And how, how do you use um, your book as a tool to invite others to be more strategic about where head and heart connect in the form of a meeting? It's a great question, thank you. So what happens is planners, because we are very intent on things that need to be done, when we plan a meeting, we create these lists and we cross all of these things off this list. And when the event is done, you have a perfectly executed to-do list. And a to-do list can be a list of things that you give your partner to do around the house. It can be the things you need to pick up at a grocery store. A to-do list, regardless of what's on it, is the same thing. It's, it's logistics that need to be managed. And when you're done, the logistics are, have been accomplished, but there's not necessarily a greater goal that has been achieved. 
So as planners approach meetings, they're looking at it as I need to accomplish, I need to order the food, I need to order the power, I need to, but we need to pause and be mindful of what is my role in the organization? What is the organization's goal? And how can this event bring the organization closer to its goal? So instead of when someone says to me, we need to have a meeting, saying to them, where do you want to have it? What's your budget? When do you want to have it? I'll sit with them and say, what are your corporate strategic goals for the year? What are your strategic goals? And how can this event and will this event align to picking one of those goals and helping achieve it? So it could be reducing customer churn. It could be achieving um, more um, top of mind uh, thoughts. It could be increasing sales. It could be growing market share. So how is this event specifically going to do that? And again, people will then say, okay, well, we'll hear the logistics, but you then have to pause and say, okay, if we want to have our target audience, which for example, would be a sales group. We need for them to increase sales by 10% this year, instead of then bringing, rolling out your usual executive team and letting them speak about whatever they want. We pause and we're mindful and say, well, what does our target audience need? And what can we give them? Because if we give them the tools, they will sell more. And if they sell more, we'll achieve our goals. So if you pause and you think about what does your target audience need, the first thing you realize is you don't know. You may imagine what they need, but you don't know. So by taking a pause and reaching out to a sampling of your top, middle, and lowest performers and saying to them, what do you need to do better in your job? What do you need to go from where you are to the middle? What do you need to move the middle to get to the highest tier? And what do you as the highest tier, what do you attribute your success to? And what could we give you to feel more valued and be even more successful? Then go back to your executives and have them build their content on meeting those needs and mindfully sharing intentions. And then you're connecting with people on a completely different level because it's not just cerebral. And that's important because you're giving them the information they need. They feel heard, they feel understood, they feel valued. And then if the content resonates with them, they are going to leave with more than just information. They are going to leave feeling valued and appreciated and seen and heard. And that goes exponentially far to improving someone's performance, keeping their loyalty, having them show up to work on time, excited. And the way you show up to work is what your clients see. So it's, it's the difference that it projects is incredible. And it really just goes to looking at your audience and understanding who they are and what they need. And then mindfully and intentionally creating an environment and content that surrounds them and things that are important to them. And then you get to the logistics, but those are second. I, I couldn't agree more. In 2017, IMEX, the International Meetings Exchange, released their annual report. And it, the theme of that report was purposeful meetings within a framework of this word mindfulness. And in that report, it talks about we are architects of busy people. And I think we're busy people architecting busy people. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, quite an interesting dilemma that we're in right now. So I'm curious, as you talk about setting an intention behind your meeting, you've done a lot of meetings and events around the world. What's an event that you remember that had like a really cool intention? What was that intention about? That's a fabulous question. Um, one of my favorite uh, examples of this is I was working with a client who it was three, it was a company that had three different divisions. Each division was a billion dollar division. And each division was run like a separate company. And they were, for reasons that aren't important, going to combine all three divisions. 
And as you might imagine, if I'm a billion dollar organization within an organization, I'm not interested in talking to anyone else, learning from anyone else. I have my own way of doing things. And this group had to come together and these executives, now there's all kinds of overlap. There was all kinds of restructuring and power struggles and, and frustration and resentment. And this event was designed to somehow bring these competing, albeit on the same team, high-powered, successful executives into a room to try and get them to play nicely. And they weren't even remotely interested in this change, in talking to anyone else. And um, so it was my job to try and create some kind of harmony among these executives. And I realized quickly that for as long as they were focused on their individual brands, as opposed to the overall greater good of the parent company, we weren't going to get anywhere. And I also realized the team building wasn't going to work. It's not going to happen. So what we did was the area that we were in, it happened to be, and we, we connected with the mayor and said, you know, we're in your town, which happened to be the hometown of, of the parent company. Um, highlight some things about this area. And there was a family that had adopted 13, 16 handicapped, ch challenged children. And they were living on a very modest income. And there was this, this um, special done on them. And, and they have all these kids and they have all these special needs. And this family just, this outpouring of love for these children. So we show the video. And we say, what we'd like to do is we've brought in some supplies. We're going to make lockers like um, in a mudroom for each of the kids and paint their names. And, and then half of you are going to do that. And half of you are going to create where we've bought puppet kits. We're going to build a, a theater and puppets so the kids can have puppet shows. So the executives are working on this. Well, we then introduce the family and the kids. And these guys just are overwhelmed that they're meeting these kids. And now the kids are sitting on their laps and they're playing with the puppets and they see their, their walkers and they came together for something that had nothing to do with them and a greater good and working together on something that had nothing to do with them. And they forgot their competition and just looked at how can we come together to help something much more important than our own needs. And we took them out of their own minds and put them in a space where they could all just collaborate and connect on a different level. And it, it opened doors and started conversations. And I'm not going to say that after that event, there was a, you know, they all sang Kumbaya, but in that three hours, they got to see each other as people instead of competition. So that at least going forward, they could remember that shared moment and experience and it allowed them to see each other as humans instead of competitors, which was very helpful. So, so the intention under that was what word? The intention under that was, what word would I use? I think it would be to release and just release the anger and the resentment and the frustration and the competitiveness and the competition and just release everything you walk in with. Because if you've got all this anger in you and you're so tight, you can't accept anything. So by releasing, they were able to absorb other things and process other things and have positive energy flow through them because they all walked in so tight and so close, they weren't receptive to anything. Anything we tried would have just bounced off their heads if we had done the motivational speaker or so we kind of got them to release and then open up. That's why I love how <clears throat> I 
so many people say to me, oh, Holly, you do corporate mindfulness. This is too woo-woo, corporate won't do it. And, and yet this is a really great example of, of you know, billion dollar companies, major companies now are starting to embrace this idea of how, how our energy at work plays a greater role in the economic impact and income that a company can make. And I, I love that you chose the word release as I was experiencing your story there. My, I would have said your intention was around harmony and, and collaboration. And yet there is an interplay of those things. But as meeting professionals, if we're just dedicated to check, I got to make puppets, check, I got to do this, check, I got to, we, we miss this greater impact that often is the thing that people remember most in this world of the experience economy. And this is why I'm so committed to building mindfulness information centers and mindfulness experiences and keynotes for clients and groups, because I understand and you understand the power of the energy that happens, the beingness before the doingness. And, and that's not to say that, that we don't have doing. I mean, we will always have our to-do list, but it's how are we going to be as we show up and as a planner in that situation. And, mm -hmm. and you had to show up releasing what you thought the event was going to be to create this new higher and better thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, um, when people say something is woo, it's just an ex it's uh, a proclamation of I do not know about know enough about this, and I'm ignorant on the topic as a whole. So every time someone says that something is woo, woo or talks about mindfulness being woo, I say you know what that's so interesting that you would say that because do you actually let me share with you the power of it, and you can call it anything you want, but if it's effective and it's going to get you to your goal, I think woo, -woo is an adjective that is subjective. So let's look at this. What, what adjective would you prefer? What is important to you? Okay. So, you know, profitable. Okay. Let me show you how mindfulness can be profitable. So I just ask them to replace their adjective or ask them to pause on their adjective. They give me one that's important to them and I show them how mindfulness actually can get them there. And then that initial woo-woo thing goes away. So one of the pieces of mindfulness and one of the things that I know you practice is this kind of idea of work-life balance, work-life integration. And that's part of where mindfulness is um, an everyday practice. I think is a little different than a lot of practitioners is how do we strategically integrate that into our lives. And I, you know, we've, we've had many conversations where, you know, maybe it's not reality for Christy LaMagna meeting planner to go sit on a meditation pillow for, you know, 20 or 30 minutes, but you have ways that you create your own work-life integration strategically. Would you mind sharing maybe one of your practices that you use in your everyday practice? Sure. Love it. Um, I have actually, every day I light a candle and it's a, I pick different scents, so I've got, uh, and it's a votive, so it, I pop a new one in every day. It can be lavender, it can be vanilla, it can be citrus. So I pick a scent based on what I know I have going on that day. So if I know I have to have a difficult conversation, my color, that my flavor that day might be lavender. If I'm exhausted that day, it may be citrus because it gives me a little bit of a zip. Um, and I light the candle every day with an intention. And as I strike the match, uh, before I strike the match, I close my eyes, I think of the intention, open my eyes, light the match, and that scent then surrounds me and the candle burns all day. And it, to me, is a representation of the energy that I need, the life that I bring to things, and why I am doing what I am doing today. And at the end of the day, I blow out the candle. And so it, it just it keeps my intention right in front of me. And from a, when you create experiences, you want to engage all five senses. So that allows me to engage the sense of smell. 
and I know that I'm not going to have time to eat every day, so I do protein shakes, and it's always sitting right here, and I throw fruit in it so that it, it, gives, it gives it some flavor and doesn't taste like chalk, and so that I know that if I'm not going to have time to eat today, I am going to make sure that I keep my body, and so I also have cucumber water today. Today's flavor is cucumber, and so I have a huge flavored water that also is based on how I'm going to feel that day, and my shake, because if I don't have time to chew, I always have time to sip. Ooh, so good one. If I don't have time to chew, I always have time to sip. There's just so many places we could go with that. <laughs> there you go, there you go. And it's funny, because when I'm on site, I will tell the chef, um, please make soup for me every day and put it in a hot cup and just leave it on my desk in the office. And that way I can grab it and I can drink my lunch, which we're talking about soup, not alcohol. I'm not having a liquid lunch of alcohol. Don't misquote me. Um, and so every day I can, I can just run into my office and grab this cup because I do not have time to chew. And someone is going to come talk to me while I do have my one mouthful of whatever it is I'm eating. So I just do soups when I'm on site and it allows me to stay nourished and eat on the go. And, you know, cold soup isn't the end of the world. Oh so my little God. things make a huge difference. Huge tips for meeting professionals, but any busy professional out there in the world. Uh, food is fuel. I love it. Mm -hmm. uh, through the book, I know we, we have you quoted in the Everyday Mindfulness book. And of course, I can't, uh, you know, in, in my, my divine alignment, I'm not, not pulling up your quote. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember what day you are? Because I know that your wisdom is here in the book. It is. An, uh, I have your book right here. I have my book right here, but I... Uh... We're both flipping and it's just just busyness. It's not, not showing up, but it's another great example of, you know, anybody, anytime, anywhere can just pick up a little book like this, pick up a candle, state your intention, you know, energy. How are you going to put your energy in motion this day? And we've, you know, we do the show every week to invite people to this conversation, but we also have the companion book, Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. And we'll make sure to get your quote in the show notes. So tell us a little bit about the book and how do people get a copy of your book. Thank you for asking. Um, so my book is called The Strategic Planning Guide for Event Professionals, um, how, events, how Events Will Ignite Your Career, Transform Your Company, and Elevate the Entire Meeting Industry. But what's interesting is there are so many people who are reading the book who are not planners because, and this is the title of my second book, Life is the Ultimate Event. And if you think about strategic principles and goal setting, mindfulness, acting with intention, considering that if you want something from someone, you have to answer the question, what's in it for them? That even though you may consider yourself the most interesting person in the world, it cannot be about you. You take the principles that I have applied to running tens of millions of dollars worth of events over my career and apply them to either your profession or your life, suddenly things will change. And it's none of it is physics where you're going to read this and say, oh my gosh, I can't memorize this. I don't understand this. It's all oh my gosh, this, it's like mindfulness. It, none of it is complicated. It's just a matter of, oh, have your aha moment and then do it. So whereas the lessons are very powerful, they are not difficult to learn and they are, it's discipline to practice them, but it is not difficult to practice them. So you can buy it on Amazon and there is a, a, a resource library so that it's not just the practice of this, it's here are the tools that you can utilize from me of, of templates and spreadsheets and, and um, tips and tools that also come with the book. So 
yeah, and it's selling very well. And a lot of people have reached out and said, will you work with me so that I can bring, incorporate these things into my life, much the way you work with your clients who want to work with you for a year on the benefits of mindfulness and need someone to shepherd them through the process. A lot of people have reached out to me to say, how do I bring strategy into my life and here are my goals and how can I achieve them? So it's, it's been a wonderful experience. It was a very long, painful birth. But now that the book has entered the world, I am very happy it is here and very proud of it. I'm happy to share it. So we can get the book on Amazon, but if we want to connect to you, what's your website? My website is SME, S as in Sam, M. Mary E. Edward Planners.com. And on there, you will find a resources list, all my social media followings. I'm at, at SME Christie. Um, a way to reach me directly is there. So, and please, if anyone is interested, that website is full of free podcasts, webinars, articles, templates. Um, and it's all because I am intentionally sharing what I have learned because if I can prevent you from learning the hard way or making a mistake, what more positive and powerful energy could I put into the world? So my goal is to share what I have learned and I'm very mindful of the more you put into the world and the more positive energy you create, you know, the better impression you leave. And I believe that we are here to make a difference. So this is my way of doing it. Well, Chrissy, I'm so grateful for the positive difference that you have brought into my life. My such a wonderful connection of smart women within the meetings industry. And now it's just such a joy to watch your work continue to grow with the book, with your keynotes, with your consulting and your coaching. We have so enjoyed having you on Everyday Mindfulness. Love having your quote included in the book. And Wherever it is. <laughs> yeah, and I look forward to having you come back on the show, um, maybe on that day of, of your, your page. We would love to have you back and maybe you, you can light the candle and show us that process in real life. So thank you so much. And just before we go, you, you are included in this book and some of Holly's best mindfulness tips and thoughts are in the book. So if you buy this, you also get mindfulness straight from the masterful guru herself on mindfulness. So just don't want to forget that you're in my book too. It's so fun to have a, have a chapter in there because I'm, you know, we, we do have to stop, stop rewarding busy and, and reward intentional. And it was an honor mm -hmm. to be included as well. So thank well, you for having me. You're so welcome. Remember, audience, mindful matters, and so do you. We look forward to having you on our next episode. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more mindfulness every day, visit everydaymindfulnessshow.com and download the three-day challenge and experience the ABCs of mindfulness. Mm -hmm.